0: to get started visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: the following program is presented by the nerdy show podcast network geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse all nerdy show programming is made possible by a comic shop orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination and with the generous support of listeners like you for more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is Professor Shy Guy. I sing, play guitar solos, and make chip tunes. And you're listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky,
2: we've got it covered. I'm your host, Cap, and with me is... Josh from Ghostbusters Resurrection. Brandon from Nerdy Show. And Doug from Ghostbusters Resurrection and Nerdy Show.
1: And this is a Nerdy Show Microsode 2-pack. Microsodes are where you, the fans, have generously supported us in our ongoing quest for nerd entertainment perfection and earned the chance to decide what we talk about for 15 minutes. We've packaged two such topics together, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about video games as an art form, and the art of breaking video games. Plus, we're also going to be announcing which of our generous fan contributors have leveled up to become producers and honorary producers for the Nerdy Show Network. So sit back, take your shoes off, and indulge in succulent microsode bliss. To start us off, let's talk about video games as an art form. This is given to us by Kevin Weiss, who says, How about video games as an art medium? My good friend Kent Shealy does a lot of art involving video games, including once turning GTA San Andreas into a photography game.
0: I don't know what that means, like Pokemon Snap. I'll, I'll tell you in a moment.
3: <laughs> or the, or the like PS3 in the game, game Africa.
0: Uh, He he also once referred me
1: to org as a place to see more things like what he does. I'd like to hear about the crew's experience with such endeavors and anything you guys may have done as far as art in video games, experience, and so on. I mean, first of all, I think we should confront the bullshit from uh, Roger uh, the, Ebert. From Roger Ebert. I mean, he's a, he's an d- old dead man, and I give no fucks about his opinion. You
3: got him. too soon. He also recanted that. Did? He did. Yeah, he yeah, did. He did. It, yeah. he did. He's like, look, maybe I don't know what I'm talking before
0: about. Before or after he died? Because he
3: before dude, I, before he died. <laughs> for for, for <laughs> listeners after he died, the, he appeared the, the, on high at well, the right hand idea. of Gabe Newell. Gabe Newell.
1: Roger Ebert basically condemned video games as not being an art form. He's a dick. And, he said
3: they'll never be an art form. Yeah,
1: yeah and, and this is this is after being exposed to games like I mean I'm sure he didn't play them I'm sure he didn't
3: fucking know how. But games play. like Flower and so on, he snubbed. The biggest problem with his statement is that for the same reason that he says that a painter could say that film could never be art, for the it's same the
1: same reason. resistance that that they came up against with the image of photography and the motion picture. It's
3: sure. the same right. way that I say
0: right. shit on a canvas is an art. It's bullshit.
3: Yeah, if you poop on a canvas, I, I no, have that's, a hard art. Time. that's art. That's art.
0: if if he evokes an emotional response then he every poop is different and unique art. he's done it but
3: (laughs) but the the thing is though is it kind of is a different a new kind of art that does have completely different parameters but it's actually closer to film yeah I i was
2: gonna say the biggest problem with making video games as an art form is that too often video games try to mimic what they see in other art forms well, as opposed yeah. to utilizing the fact that it's interactive <laughs> to make it art
0: every game that i've actually taken the time to see how it's made there are so many beautiful concept arts that people oh, yeah. take so much time oh no yeah no hand kidding. drawing yeah. the, the average video like, game. amazing thing and is that people can... have to transcribe that into like a 3d digital work and that in itself is an art form right you can't but, just that, do but, it.
2: but my experience as a consumer that, that's like saying oh this painting might be a painting of just a circle on a white background but you know the skill it took to put that on there it's like yeah but if it doesn't elicit an an emotional response from me as the person viewing it, it's not really art. Now, well, that's not to discredit... Not good art. Right, that's not to discredit the work that, that anyone does making the game, but what, what I'm saying is that when you look at something like a cutscene, you're basically watching a movie. It can elicit a response, but it's the exact same thing you would get from watching a movie. Mm-hmm. You need to take advantage of the interactivity of it. You gotta be able to, like, say, what is the one thing that I can feel from a video game that I cannot feel from any other art medium? And most
1: modern, like, mainstream video games are much like motion pictures in that they're a conglomerate art form different people who have different crafts have combined their skills <clears throat> to make one bigger picture product that ultimately someone up on high will get credit for and True. the other everybody else will you know right. get me a name in the then credits you have
0: independent games that are just basically an art experiment like i would right. say oh, yeah. minecraft started like that flower mm-hmm. uh journey
2: Right, yeah, those, those
0: are specifically like an artful yeah. oh, experience. Oh,
3: and Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, now,
0: I, unbelievably.
2: Now, don't get me wrong; I do think video games can be an art form. I just think my, my opinion mm-hmm. is that video games have yet to find that one thing that only they can do and do it really well. Like I, they they, could, they could do experimental games like Flower and uh, Ico, or you know whatever. And those are
0: good, but well, they're the inst- still... Well, I mean, honestly, I would say the interactivity is something it does well. You can't interact yeah, yeah. with
2: a movie that well. That's true. Or an, a piece of art hanging on a wall, you can't interact with it. You just look at it. Right. But it ultimately, because of the limitations that video game has, that video games have right now, it still comes down to a choose-your-own-adventure. Well, for, for something- now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if, I, think, I just think the technology needs to catch up to the point where it can be truly open-ended. I would compare it to, say, like a tabletop game where you have a DM... They can literally do whatever the imagination says because there's, you're going through another person. Now they can you're make saying that we need happen. like an AI to create this game as we're playing. No, I'm not saying we need that, but <laughs> once that happens, then yeah, the sky is the limit. Like in Fallout or in any or even Mass Effect, it all is just a tree. It's like a story tree. You can only go. There in certain are directions. only
0: a certain amount of and options. and
2: the more complicated, numerous options you have, the more complicated it seems, and the more open that it seems. But ultimately, you're still constrained by the limits that technology has right now. See, yeah, I
3: don't know. I think uh, I think they're already there. I think they're already there not because of their potential, but because they found what they can only do that nothing else can. And specifically with something like Ico, is visually it's very stunning. It's it's established a mood in the way that only art can, but what it can do differently is that whole game you have to hold this girl's hand mm-hmm. to lead her through these obstacles and do that. And every time where that's difficult or you can't do it, you you have an emotional connection. You feel very stressed out that you cannot get a hold of this girl's hand again so you can lead her through obstacles every time she's in danger you feel it you care i mean i think as far as film goes you don't have to live vicariously through the main character of a video game because you effectively are them whereas in films you really have to it's the empathy you have to empathize with yeah you're watching someone else's story as opposed to you playing something that's kind of
0: put yourself into it's like kind of your story right. not 100 not every game does that watching
3: wander slowly degrade as as he takes down each colossus you know yeah, and, yeah. and become weaker and weaker i mean that's that that's, that is unique to it, video it, games. it takes an emotional toll on you and you're the one doing it you're yeah. the one who has and to someone has through.
0: to someone somewhere has to say this is what's going to happen and this is what you're supposed to feel when it happens. Right. They don't just make it and say, Well, I guess that's I guess we didn't oh, mean oh, for that. Yeah, to yeah, happen. That's what happens. Oh, I'm so, glad and, you felt that way. Yeah, and that's that's the the artistic part of it. Someone creatively had to think this right. is what we're going
2: to I, do. I, I think that's what Roger Ebert didn't get because he thought that maybe video games were just trying to be an artistic storytelling device, but games don't have the to tell the story. The last game stories. he played was like Pac-Man. Right, but it's yeah, great. But, by a, but, the but way. a game doesn't have to tell the story to be a great game. Mm-hmm. Like Tetris. Uh, What Kevin Wise was getting at
1: specifically when he mentioned his friend Kent Shealy, who actually had a, a Wired article written about him this past August, he does work that it takes a game medium and subverts the game medium, but maintains the interactive elements to it. One of his more recent projects was a Minecraft skin that replaced all the tiles with corporate logos like BP, IKEA, and 3M. <laughs> oh,
3: jeez. Um,
0: and uh, I wouldn't play that game. It would be too like, jeez. I would just. It, it, was, yeah. it was more like you know an experience you yeah, could have to be frustrated. His
1: his project from 2007 that Kevin mentioned, uh, Grand Theft mm. Photo. He yeah, put man. a screen in the back of a fake DSLR camera and let you explore San Andreas locked into camera mode with your character being unkillable. So, it took so this-
0: you could only experience the game with your camera out. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So basically his ex- he, what he does is modifies the programming in the games to create something else. An yeah. experience
3: outside of the game, th- which is an art. Th- that's, but it's not a game right. either. So, right. so it's just, it's Using just interactive. Well, it's, interactive yeah, it's not a game anymore. Or- Video games become the medium. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, I mean, I, honestly, I haven't seen too much of that. I've seen games created to be a medium and to be an art project but I haven't seen a lot of games altered to become a different it, sort of it, thing his, his projects are somewhat unique in that that's what they I do I think it's awesome I just don't know how long I could wander around in GTA oh, like, 4 with a but, camera and but, going oh also, getting shot at
1: the point is not surviving from point A to point well, B obviously. it's simply like picking it up in a gallery and exploring, experiencing it yeah, just for exploring a time a, uh, uh, thing. another one of his is called Skybox where he installed a large virtual skylight in the ceiling of a room inside an art gallery and the sky displayed was the sky from one of several in game skies at the precise time of day in real time. Oh. Interesting. So it would the room would be, would be lit
0: by a fictional sky. It's well, also an well, actual sky. Yeah, that's some future technology. We all need <laughs> we all need like those windows that are like showing different scenery. The problem, the problem is
3: that art doesn't have bounds. Like, what is art, no, Josh. What is <laughs> art? Oh, like paintings and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, what, well, what about I mean, sculptures?
2: Honestly, <laughs> that's a, that's honestly, old, that always,
0: old state joke, that, <laughs> I can't take credit for that. That always pisses me off, because that's honestly what most people think. They're like, you, you mentioned video games. You're like, well, that's not art. It's a fucking game. And I'm like, do you have any idea what the, the amount of skill, even on a game you don't like, even a game that doesn't look that great, the amount of skill it takes for people to make those things is an art form these are people that really care about this but most people skill. say this: oh just i just paint on a canvas right, right. that's the only art i know i'm like but high Man. skill does not an art make no an art is obviously subjective anything can be an art not anything i oh, do about
3: anything I, 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 think, <laughs> I think i think i think something can only be art if there's intent behind to create, it to an create an intent to create art. emotional response yeah exactly something something outside of pure utilitarian function There's
1: a lot of institutions that are popping up, like uh, Game Scenes, which Kevin mentioned. Um, We'll link to all this stuff on this episode's page, of course. Also, recently, LA Game Space, they've got a lot of people involved with it, like the creator of um, Katamari Damacy and Nobi Nobi Boy, uh, Pendleton Ward from uh, Adventure Time, and uh, they not so very long ago released a pack of some of the work that their creators who are involved in building this space for developing games as art created. And uh, among them was something I want to give a shout-out to, which is a game called Video Heroes, where you play a clerk in a uh, 1990s VHS rental store, and it's all from this abstract first-person perspective. And all you have is you have a rack of completely mismatched, unsorted VHSs, and they're all full 360-degree scans of actual cassettes. Like, they live in Japanese and old funky movies beaten up even like some films that are in like white slipcases like because they were someone bought them blank and you'll turn it around it'll say Star Wars on the label <laughs> <laughs> and people will come in and they'll give you de- they'll just see text and they'll be like I want like something that's like this and like this and so you have to actually go to the rack you have to, you have to, <laughs> like pick up a
0: movie and spin it around this and was like, someone's life read it and consider if that's actually so what this, they want this wasn't the training video they used at Blockbuster Video this was <laughs> wow. like
2: Oh. <laughs> that's like that's like the like a farm simulator it's like no i'm not interested no. <laughs> that
3: like, sounds terribly boring i think uh what i was getting at is that art ha- doesn't have very clearly defined bounds but i think at the bare minimum if you're playing a game where at any point you can pause it and it looks like a piece of art it should be considered art like skyrim any screenshot you take almost like it's Unbelievable. I, <laughs> I,
0: I try to find toilets and just but, screenshot.
3: I uh, think of like Odin Sphere, Okami. Oh, geez. Yeah. Odin I Sphere. mean, uh, all these games are, are are meant to be gorgeous and evocative. And just by the A strong the, aesthetic, the sight of them alone sh- should move you. And I think in that alone, they should be allowed to be considered art.
0: Cap, do you remember the game we, we played at E3 with the different dragons? Yeah. You were
3: like the old man or the the Um, little kid
0: floating down. That was a beautifully hand drawn hand painted game. Something earth. Yeah. Every single Uh, We'll link to it. We did a video about it. Every single thing was handmade. Hand drawn, hand painted by one guy. Like he spent over two hundred hours. Still they weren't done. It was completely beautiful. That sounds awesome. And peter gabriel if you remember oh yeah peter created Gabriel created an interactive art experience slash maybe game thing. yeah uh one of my favorite point and click adventures of all time
1: <laughs> is peter gabriel's game eve where you uh very metaphysically have a dialogue with yourself about uh the meaning of life humanity and uh, its nature with religion and uh <laughs> foot fetishes
0: i got at the foot fetish part i was just it, I'm done. it's it's very complex
1: completely surreal i highly recommend it it's probably impossible to play maybe someone has a gog mod i don't know <laughs> peter
3: gabriel's eve it's incredible you know a, a lot of the point and click adventures were able to go that kind of surrealist well, like what route. were
0: you I mean, saying each screenshot technically of the point and yeah. click is a hand-drawn screen well,
3: i mean yeah. think of well, i bizarre, have no yeah. mouth and i must scream that's from start to finish it, is, it and might riven. as well be a novel you know it's,
0: well it
1: was a short story it was but it was it, <laughs>
3: it was but it wasn't like the the game yeah. <laughs> the short story is much shorter <laughs> <laughs>
1: Overall, I mean, video games as an art form, video games as an art medium. I mean, there are games that have
0: inspired other forms. It's, For instance, pixel art is a relatively newer thing inspired by video
3: games. It's, yeah, have, a, it's, it's in galleries now. Yeah. It blows my mind.
0: And I, I
1: like it a lot. It's a natural Oh, no, pro- I like
3: That wasn't meant to be a It's, of it's, it's <laughs> a natural
1: progression. I don't think that... I, I like to think that as nerds, we're not going to condemn some new emerging technology as something that won't be art because... Unless it's iPhone. Because, because, yeah, so yeah. fuck that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything can be a medium and it's all about the, the human threshold of creativity to find out what we can do with it. That's the great thing about art
0: is art is infinite possibilities. I mean, if I want to fill birds with buckets of paint and then shuck them at a canvas so they explode, that's art. That's my prerogative. As, as long as you got it's something beautiful. to say. Yeah. It's cruel <laughs> art, but you know what? It will evoke a response from the someone. Cruelty, <laughs> the cruelty is the message.
2: So once <laughs> again, the nerds win.
0: Well, thanks so much, Kevin. Thanks, you're a cool dude. Thanks for the cool topic, look, I, I, guy. Don't, I, don't,
3: I don't smoke weed, but like, I feel like I should <laughs> to talk about this, you know? I this is one I... of those things.
1: Thanks so much, Kevin. And remember, if you guys want to check out any of the stuff we've mentioned in this episode, there'll be links on this episode's page. Let's indulge in a musical interlude. In this episode, we're featuring a couple recent additions to the VGM library of Nerdy FM, our 24-7 streaming nerd music radio station, which you can listen to at nerdy.fm. First up is Lauren the Flute with her rendition of Bonds of Sea and Fire from Xenogears. Was Bonds of Sea and Fire from Xenogears by Lauren the Flute. She's the flautist and lead vocalist for The Returners, one of the most kick ass VGM bands on the scene. Their first album, Immune to Silence, comes out November 2nd, and we'll link to where you can pre order it on this episode's page. Lauren's solo work is funded through Patreon, and Bonds of Sea and Fire is one of her fan funded tracks. We'll also link over there where you can check out her other flute and vocal work and maybe throw some coin her way. But right now, we're going to talk about breaking games thanks to Donovan Steyer. He says, I'd like to hear some of the Nerdy Crew stories about finding ways to, well, truly break games, video or otherwise. Infinite combos and magic, making completely unstoppable characters in RPGs, finding spots in the game world that make your
0: character fly away at light speed, you know, stuff like that. I will say that I had two copies of Secret of Mana because I quite permanently... Well, Bala, that was a fucking $70 Whoa, I, yeah, cartridge. Hey man, <laughs> I didn't say I, I bought the second one, Five but... a your
2: discount.
0: yeah. The point is, there was this glitch you could do. I was where... a six-year-old bastard. <laughs> how, many, how many of you have played Secret of Mana? Because it's the best game ever.
2: No.
3: Okay. People raise their hands, just okay. for those of you listening. <laughs>
0: the end of the game, you could get the Mana Sword, but you can only get it during the final boss fight. So I looked online back in the day, which was really hard to do. And it, there was this glitch in order to make your sword permanently the Mana Sword. You have to hold reset and power on the Super Nintendo while you're fighting this one boss, and then it resets you to the beginning of the game where you fight this other boss that gives you an extra sword orb and then once you beat him you just continue the game normally with like your mana sword or shit however the first time <laughs> i did it no, know this is true the first time i did it it permanently corrupted the game i could never use the cartridge again all of the save data said corrupted you got error. trolled dude i couldn't save it i couldn't reload like i couldn't undo them i couldn't delete it so i had to buy a new cartridge and then because i'm an idiot i did it again did you put your iphone in the microwave Yes, but (laughs) I break
3: all the games on your phone.
0: (laughs) It worked. It worked the second time, and I still have that cartridge. Mana Sword all the way. That's what I'm saying. It actually broke my first game. It actually worked. Oh yeah, it worked. It worked completely. Jesus Christ! Yeah, the first time it didn't. I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I don't understand how. (laughs) That's all. Dude, I was gonna go buy that game again. Hey man, a lot of uh mowing the lawns and shit. But like, I don't understand how that 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 euphemism corrupted all the. (laughs) I'm glad you caught that. Yeah. No. Okay, well that's the only game I actually physically broke. Well, so. we're not necessarily talking about physical. No, I know, but besides smashing things with hammering. So uh, what have you done?
3: Uh, I, I, well, as Are far you, as D&D goes. Yeah, like you're I'm, a game breaker with that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a, a chronic min-maxer. I mean, like, I... <laughs> I, I always like at home, what is a min-maxer? <clears throat> a min-maxer is somebody who tries to take their D&D character, or whichever character in an RPG and find out exactly how far they can take everything. In the sense of what abilities play off each other, which ones you know go the extra mile, which ones make everything a multiplier of everything else. What powers stack. God, exactly. nerds! Yeah. yeah, so I didn't think the character was broken. He was just ridiculous. I mean, it, it, it was a ridiculous character. I made this warlock in 4th edition who was a melee warlock because there were feats you could do that would allow you to, to use melee weapons and use your curse target on stuff like that. So I had a crag hammer, which was uh, 2d6. He did a d6 in curse damage. He was based around charging. His weapon was a charging weapon, and he had the horned helm, which did extra damage when he charged. So when he charged, he would deal 2d6 damage, a d6 from his curse, a d6 from charging because of his weapon, and a d6 from his helmet for wearing a charging helmet. And if he crit with his weapon, he would do an extra 2d6. So the only time that character crit, it killed the biggest guy in the room right away and then I just rolled intimidation and went everybody get the fuck out and, and they did. And they did. So essentially, <laughs> yeah.
0: you were supposed to do like a two d six originally, but ended up doing like seven. Yeah, 2D6. yeah.
3: Plus my modifier. How you even keep track of that shit? I had a bunch of different colored dice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was, that's
2: dude. All. I was there. Shit was real. Yeah, Honestly,
3: it was, but it was a lot of fun to play. But that campaign, man, was a slog fest. I mean, we were just marching. My character got bit by something, so he was sick the whole time. It
2: was. It was, uh, it was mean, the worst campaign to have that character. It was. It was a good campaign, like story Story wise, we had fun. Yeah. But man, we were it was like, what a miserable world to live in. So is there anybody <laughs> to fight?
3: No. And you're still sick. <laughs> that's that's what that's what kind of campaign it was. Uh, other than that, as far as like video games go, Night's Dale Republic. I mean, I have this horrible problem where I'll always try to do the mid-maxing first, and I really shouldn't, because it ruins the experience of the game. Yeah. Especially in a video game. Not so much in a collaborative RPG. In Night's Still Republic, I was like, okay, so what's the most powerful attack I have? Oh. Power attack. Okay. Um, I'm gonna use two lightsabers. I'm gonna pick the soldier because he's got the most strength, and I'm just gonna do power attack. And I leveled that up to max level as fast as I could all the way through the game, and I killed the I killed the final boss in two hits. I
0: mean, and that's it's not just, really your fault. They had that ability in the game. You yeah, should have known true. better.
3: Like I didn't actually like like break the mechanics of the game. You were just like, What's just, the strongest thing? I'm gonna work with it. Yeah, like, that's and it's all you did. But every time I came up against the bad guy, didn't grind levels, didn't do anything, just <laughs> he's dead. I think but, that was a flaw. He's dead. That
0: was a flaw with that game. Yeah.
3: But then I played it again as the weakest possible Did you literally go sorcerer. like, what's the weakest attack? Yeah, I was like, I want
0: one... And how can I make it worse? I, I
3: want to just play an evil sorcerer who has to rely on life drain to live. And, <laughs> <That's hard>. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. But uh, I died all the time. There's, uh,
1: Sounds uh, miserable. Donovan mentioned combos and magic and uh, while this one is far from perfect, but uh, Nerdy Show's Colin has a really horrifying deck that if you don't
0: hit it fast enough, it will ruin your life uh this is the chromozoa deck brandon you remember oh, this for one fuck's sake yeah i think i finally built one that can beat him but i don't know well the trick is attacking it fast enough because once it gets going you're
1: fucking
2: he dead these, he
0: has these cards where they multiply i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me They're, yeah,
1: they're, they're called they chromosomes. They're basically like big turn. amoebas, and they yeah they con- they constantly multiply
0: every. And he turn. just has things to get more out. And if you don't stop them within like three turns, you've got like fifty of them. And it also has this this mechanic in it where it has it's it's this bizarre. This is where the breaking comes in
1: because that's just a m- mechanic of the chromosome. That's the whole point. They have some kind of a limitation it on my them.
0: spirit. And I, I
1: I wish he was here to uh, explain this. I'm probably gonna do this wrong. So Colin, correct me if I screw this up. It has some kind of phasing mechanism to make it not so apocalyptic. Like it'll go away in a turn but he has a card which turns the car, uh, anything into a sheep <laughs> and
0: by oh god by, I remember that
1: by it's turning it into a sheep at a certain phase it will interrupt that phase thereby it will after that turn turn back from a sheep and will be clear of any penalties and just continue to propagate <laughs> oh, yeah he's god. a piece of yeah. shit
0: i you know how i countered that i was trying to build that rat deck where all my rats it said you could have as many as you want and every turn i'd get out more and each one is it, equal to power and toughness of as many as you have and i would have things like just keep making more and more, it, more.
1: It, it was a card that granted the exception of like you can only have four cards of, of a certain card type in a deck but this one said you can have as <laughs> many of these rats as you want
3: oh god
0: <laughs> so
1: i
3: have things that just keep making more rats and it would
0: just be great <clears throat>
3: We're all nerds here. And we hate.
0: Yes, this, is, this is a safe oh, place yeah, yeah. We, safe, we, we,
3: we all do really hate the nerd stereotype you know of the neckbeard, like I don't know if you shut up I mean, Star uh, Wars yeah. is the best Big Bang Theory <laughs> yeah um, Star Wars is the best Josh but go well, ahead no, but you know what I'm talking about like <laughs> Darth Vader would never have done that like that, that guy he wouldn't have he said who, no he have... <laughs> 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 who I mean who yells uh, at people you know yeah okay, okay. That's, that's not cool that's you know cool. who I'm talking about Picard
0: would never do
3: that so I was I was shopping at a comic book store and they're having a magic the gathering tournament and uh this is All speaking right. of breaking breaking games this guy was trying to pass off this bullshit card uh the card was real but his interpretation of it was totally bullshit but i don't know what the card was but it says uh you lose next turn like you know like you lose your next <laughs> oh, turn did he say that yeah, to the other yeah, player yeah, yeah. no so he goes, it meant he, he goes, lost next turn he goes he no he puts down the card he goes okay and uh it's next turn you lose <laughs>
0: What the a end, retard. The that game. is you not what it, game. Game. Like, and, it Was like, an adult?
3: <laughs> it was an adult talking to a 12-year-old. <laughs> wow. He's like, what you ass? lose next turn. He <laughs> thought he could trick him probably is what it was. He's like, oh, he's a no, 12-year-old no, kid. The, he, no, he demanded that like the officiator come over. And, and he argued like fish with this. The should have
0: been like, "You're an idiot. That means you lose." Next yeah, and turn. he's like,
3: "No, that's not what the card says." And like, they would just argue about it, and and so I guess that's kind you of a a break, like breaking that, a game
2: like, story. So funny. show them how you break down a sentence, like in third grade, when they got like the tree and all the little adjectives go here and nouns
3: go here. It's like, yeah. no, you lose next turn.
2: You are the subject. You, the card holder, are the subject. <laughs> no, no, no. Of this.
3: sorry. It's like the other player or opponent or whatever loses. Next. His interpret. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So so you could obviously take it the wrong way. But that's obviously not meant it to It always, that way. unless yeah, it says, yeah.
0: it always says target player or opponent. Opponent player If
2: it says loses you, it's the no, it was, who's casting. It was, it it. was, it was a, opponent. Opponent loses next turn. He's like, oh, the opponent loses the game the next turn. Yeah, he's like, he's he's like, like uh,
3: next turn. Oh, I see you you're saying lose. no, he
2: literally loses the next turn. Yeah, like he yeah, doesn't get yeah. to go.
1: Play your turn now, but next turn, you're fucked. You,
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> you better stop me one turn. Uh, to be fair,
0: there are cards that like you pull it out, but it's like if you're, this card is, like, blocked, you lose the game. it literally say you lose the game. Like, you, the
3: person who plays it. Not yeah, the game. it's a risky card. Yeah. But his wasn't risky. It's just he puts... No, he's just a Why would he dumb start ass. with that? I don't know. They, they played a whole game up to that point. <laughs> well, probably because, because he only had one. Third? I've been saving this one all game. I, <laughs> you just acted <laughs> When brave, I start to lose, must must you lose.
1: <laughs> now, uh, there's plenty of other ways to break the games. Mostly involved. Like, not just, like, oh, I can have the sword the whole time. But, like, you know, actually cheating.
2: Uh, sure, Mortal sure. Mortal
0: Combat One, where is it? Just you keep tripping someone forever. Yeah. Whoop 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 whoop. Yeah, I don't. I don't whoop. really think
1: that was a feature. I think that was a mistake. Yeah. Whoop
0: whoop <laughs>
3: whoop whoop. whoop. You can't back remember, up. You I, can't get it up. I you can never teleport. To, you can't even whoop, teleport out of this whoop. ride. No. You teleport and they would automatically correct to the other side and, tele- and trip you. <laughs> you couldn't awful. do it. You
0: couldn't, unless you tried to trip him faster. And you're like, no. I think you're about to do the tripping animation. You're like, whoop, nope. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. I lost. I lost. Whoever gets the first trip in Immortal Kombat 1 wins. Sure. I just remember <laughs> trying to
2: break games with Game Shark, which is like the PlayStation yeah. version of Game That Genie. can
0: literally break your game, though. Yeah. Boss, no, it can, wow. no it, can, it can break your save. I thought but it could you, make your file corrupt. Could, well, you yeah, have you have to it'll, your it'll save fry yeah.
1: your memory files if Ugh. you're not careful. If you're not but careful, but I mean, that yeah. was that was kind of the the beauty of it is that it was literally a hacking platform. It was yeah. Like, I it was hated like, yeah, game shark. Like you game take Genie. that
2: risk, if you take that risk to break that game, yeah, you'll have some fun, but you could risk <laughs> losing it. Which is why I always kept two save files: one for just dicking around, like in Grand Theft Auto, where it's like I'm gonna use the game shark to make it. I have a billion dollars and all cars unlocked and blah blah blah. But when it's time to play the game for real, you take out the game shark and you just... You know. I
0: I never got. And we have a friend who would just play games straight up with GameShark or Game Genie and hey, without like the first uh, time playing he would never played the game for he just that's, cheats and no, that, that is bullshit. garbage yeah. it's like through the story everything are we i'm not going to say names Clint. are we talking about
1: oh okay cuz well, well then we know more than one cuz john john was real big
0: on on GameShark but he would play the game first. I was I mean, going to say, didn't he be because, like, I'm playing Morrowind. This is my first time playing. I'm going to give myself a potion that lets me jump five miles high. No, no, no. That was actually early on in the beginning of the game. <laughs> okay. Was yeah,
1: like, the, the, that, that, was, that was a penalty. Yeah. You, you find a, uh, an alchemist who has this potion, but he's, he's dead on the ground. You, you don't find know why. Guy, yeah. and it, 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 <laughs> you
0: get his rope. you jump yeah. so high, but you die when you fall. Yeah,
1: the, the, the trick is to, to get that potion and then later <laughs> in the game find a potion that will counteract, do some other element Falling so damage, you can, yeah. yeah.
0: And if you're not over the water, you just
1: die.
3: Right. Final Fantasy VII. I probably did every Game Shark cheat with, and I did uh, naked Tifa. No,
2: (laughs) naked
0: everyone. I tried every. (laughs) I
3: I beat that game legit so many times. I was like, I was like, screw it, let's do it. You know what? I'll try everything. I tried everything. Never could break (laughs) that game. Worked perfectly until I was like, you know what? I'm gonna bring Aerith back from the dead. So. So You're I, not I, I'm supposed like, to bring necromancy to so, so yeah, the so, cost of so necromancy. She's, she's in my party, I'm like, oh, this is pretty sweet. Save the game. The game just goes and like shuts <laughs> down. <laughs> and I turn it back on and that save is fucked. I mean, <laughs> like forever. <laughs> like <laughs> that like that Like I still I, have it. Yeah, I, I, it haunts my dreams. <laughs> do
0: you ever take a Sephiroth on the date on the first wheel with a hack? No, I heard you can do that. You can
3: take Sephiroth, dude. On if date. you can, that that's that's no, you can That's every you fangirl's can't. dream. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so kawaii. <laughs> I,
2: so I did this. No. I did this only thing with because uh, like <clears throat> if Final Fantasy VII was like your game at that time, my game was uh, Metal Gear Solid. So I remember after Final Fantasy VII was before Metal Gear Solid. But you know what I'm like that, no, no, no. I just mean, like that time of your life because you're older yeah. than me. When I reached that age, for me it was Metal Gear Solid on on PlayStation and using the game share. After I beat the game, I'm like, what sort of codes do there? Because you have to look up these complicated numbers mm-hmm. and stuff. And I remember it's like uh, getting the, the the optic camo that I didn't know you could get if you beat it like a, a certain way. I'm yeah. like, all right, right optic like camo, dude. Yeah, you put on the optic camo. That game is just, a, you, oh, break yeah, you, just it. You, you break You break that like, game. You just like sit there for a second. You're just invisible. Yeah,
0: you're just, uh, you're, you're, just, just,
2: you're basically the predator. You're just and as long as you, you have don't punch someone. No, right in the No, you could, you're fine. You, no, you could punch someone right in the face, and they're like, who did that? And like they're looking around, and they don't. <laughs> they they right never there. sound the alarm because there's nobody there as far as they're concerned. It completely breaks the entire game. But the beauty of it was that if you kept the optic camo on. In cutscenes, you'd still be in the optic camo, and yeah. they're, like, they're like, "Snake, what are you doing here?" And he's just like a big green blur,
3: and no one's like freaked out by it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I think what broke that game for me is the first time I played it. I got to Psychomantis, and well, like, yeah, I thought I the game was actually you like broken. Would like to play Castlevania? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? What well, <laughs> your you like, on when, the ground.
0: when I actually first played Psychomantis, it was at night. It was like really, like two in the morning. I think I had like school the next day. It was really dark, and I'm I'm fighting him, and he's like. Oh, you play blah 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 save game or contract? And I was like, S- and I was just like, "What the fuck is going yeah. on?" And then like the screen would turn black, and it like sh- it looked like my TV would shut off, and I'm just like, and like yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. wanted you to were run a out. P- of and
1: been
2: ready for Hideo Kojima to mess with you hardcore. That <laughs> yeah. was
0: before I knew and that he did shit like that.
2: Now he's making Silent Hills. Oh man, and so, and,
0: and when luck. I thought I when I thought I knew all of his tricks and he couldn't fuck with you any, anymore, you made that game. Yep.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, on that note, thank you so much, Donovan, for requesting this topic. Thank so you, much. Donovan. Thank you, Donovan.
3: Donovan. Donovan. Thank you, Donovan. Way thank you, Donovan. Donovan. Sounds like a, sounds a sexy god vampire. Rolling, of rolling off the name. Yeah. Yeah. Donovan's the name of the vampire hunter in. I'm Donovan. Uh, Dark stalkers. Is it? That's yeah, true. Oh, it is. Yeah. that's probably where like you got. Like you know.
1: Good on you, Donovan. Good on you. Before we go, it's time for some community news. So, joining me is our community manager, Trench. Heyo. like we mentioned in the last episode our state of the empire episode we got a patreon on the way and uh that's going to change a lot of things for how you are able to support nerdy show we're entirely listener supported and nothing's going to change in the way that uh we run off of your generous contributions and we give you perks in return and that even a dollar gets you a huge archive of outtakes and so on and so forth we'll be announcing the final versions of our uh Patreon rewards as October ends and uh, we get all that squared away for sure. For those of you who don't know, Patreon is a system that allows you to create reoccurring payments for projects that you follow, projects such as the entirety of the Nerdy Show Network. And so, if you want to just donate as you have been, like every so often, like every couple months or whatever, a dollar here, maybe ten or twenty dollars there, you can still do that right on the Nerdy Show site. But we're going to also have the ability to. Subscribe to the show via Patreon, kind of like, uh, like how people subscribe to uh, PBS or NPR as uh, reoccurring payments, and different levels get you different kinds of things. But uh, as I was saying, that has changed an awful lot about the way we do some of the things we've done with support drives. And one of the things we started doing back in the day was giving people titles of honorary producer and actual producer of the network. And you may have noticed, if you follow the show on a regular weekly basis, that we haven't mentioned that in a very long time. Simple reason is we fell behind on it. There was a lot of number crunching and somewhere in between, like computers crashing and all that, that work did not resume. But, happy to say, our beloved community manager has fixed all that.
2: Yes, I did.
1: So, we've learned some things. For starters, there's a lot more honorary producers and a lot more producers of the show, official producers of the show, than we realized there were. So we got to announce these incredible people, let them know what they have achieved, and that uh, they will be credited as such in the Annals of Nerdy Show, or the Annals of Nerdy Show, if you prefer. However, the producer system is changing. As of the end of the month, the old way we were gauging it, which is that uh, behind the scenes, if you hit a certain collective total of amount given, We would be handed out a title that's going to be transferred over to stuff that makes sense with Patreon's logic. But all you guys, you guys are in the clear. So, right now, we want to give shout outs to the awesome people who have given so much to Nerdy Show that they are producers of the show itself. Some of them we've announced in the past, and some of them, this will be the first they hear about it. We'll be reading off all the names, and these guys will be credited as honorary producers and producers, respectively, on Nerdy Show. That's something you can totally verify, and the producers. That's like if you want to get listed on a website like IMDb or or any kind of credential thing, uh, LinkedIn. You want to be listed as a nerdy show producer? Yeah, that's one hundred percent. We will verify that. Honorary producer. We'll verify that too. I don't know how credible that is if someone's looking on a resume. I, I don't. Uh, but uh, but we'll, we'll we'll do it. I don't care. You guys are great. Go nuts. <laughs> First up, Shadow Broker, honorary producer.
2: M. Honorary producer.
1: Yeah, that's a brand new one there. Matthew Cox, honorary producer.
2: Oh, I hope I'm about to pronounce this right. Uh, Joshua Maher, is that right, Cap? You know?
1: It's either Maher or Mayer. You just kind of slur it. Either or, you're an honorary producer.
2: Hoo-ha! Pestilence, honorary producer. Sean Red, honorary producer. Joe Barda, honorary producer. Twomper, honorary producer. Muckraker, honorary producer. Kahalis, honorary producer.
1: Korok, you're an honorary producer.
2: Anti-Luke, you are as well.
1: Good old Gundam King, he already knows he is. He's an honorary producer.
2: Berto L. Kahn, also a new honorary producer. Two Thumbs,
1: who's now, much like community manager Trench, working for Nerdy Show, he's an honorary producer.
2: John Laval,
1: who has risen from being a fan to Nerdy Show's live producer,
2: is an honorary producer.
1: But that mofo, he just, uh, he upped the ranks. I don't,
2: I don't know that he quite qualifies because of like just how much additional support in other forms he's given. Let's
1: say he was an honorary producer. We're mentioning him now in the interest of Fairness, but, uh, but he's definitely up the ante. I mean, he basically invented a position for himself. So, John Laval, live producer. <laughs> <laughs> Hoodoo Voodoo, honorary producer.
2: Ross Butler, honorary producer.
1: And finally, Tolan, honorary producer. And now we'll go on to the actual producers. All you guys listed here, you've been honorary producers and you've known that you were honorary producers. But now, oh, yes, how you have grown. You are 100% official producers of Nerdy Show. Starting first with everyone's favorite lumberjack jumping from tree to tree extracting their savory sap, it's Mauron or Mauron,
2: Colin's how- number one son.
1: Mauron. <laughs> <laughs> I need to re-listen to the D&D Q&A so I can remember how to say it correctly because I do not. But instead, hopefully one of those came real close. Archaeus, actual official producer, just like Trench and Two Thumbs, moved to Orlando out of sheer coolness and force of will and has been assisting Nerdy Show behind the scenes. He's an actual producer of the show. Big Bad Shadow Man, official Nerdy Show producer.
2: And a Viral Demon, official Nerdy Show producer.
1: Yeah, he was one of uh, two people who made that grade before we dropped the ball. then we got our first official producer who was ever announced and uh, someone you all know and love, someone who is maybe if we had a system in place for hitting an executive producer title with this this amount, this crazy, crazy, generous amount, we would have invented that as well. But uh, you you know him very well. It's Trench88, who is an official producer and uh, (laughs) now the Nerdy Show community manager.
2: What a long, strange trip it's been.
1: You started listening to us when you were off in Afghanistan, and now you live in Orlando. Oh,
2: uh, long before that, actually.
1: Wow. Okay. So
2: <laughs> uh, I didn't actually. First time I ever donated to the show was when I was in Afghanistan. I just had meant to do it for so long that I <laughs> hadn't. So I threw a lot of money into it at at once.
1: Well, thank you, Trench. Thank you very much. I mean. It is genuinely staggering. Even if you weren't here as a community manager, what you did to further the cause of Nerdy Show was uh, unprecedented, as well as the works of everyone on this list, everyone whose name we've just read. Thank you so much. Indeed. The path to official producership is not closed down. The manner in which you walk down it has simply changed, and we'll go into that when we announce the rewards for Patreon. Every month we release a new perk. And this month, in case you didn't know... If you contribute any amount, even just a dollar, to Nerdy Show, by clicking on their link on the front page or going to nerdyshow.com support, you'll hear Galdap read some Harlequin romance. But not just any Harlequin romance. This Harlequin romance was written by Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant, who later went on to create Animorphs. We have decided to exhume one of their early stabs at uh, making money off of this thing they call writing and uh, writing some smut for old ladies. So uh, Or in this case, an aged wizard of uh, an indeterminate age. So if you want to hear that, you know what to do. This month we're coming up a little dry. As of this recording, we've got 51 dollars out of the 300 it takes to run Nerdy Show for the month, all of our basic support costs. so if you can give anything, please do, grab these succulent perks and uh, help us out. You'll be getting, in addition to that Galdap stuff, you'll get, man, uh, hundreds of hours of hilarious outtakes, deleted content episodes. If you're a fan of D&D, just look at the list. It will maybe kind of blow your mind if you haven't seen it.
2: That wizard smut, though.
1: (laughs) There could easily be more where that came from if if you guys uh, let us know how you feel about that when we uh, mail it out at the end of the month. And another way that uh, you can support the entire network is by buying stuff through Amazon. Chances are you probably already do buy stuff through Amazon. And if you simply take an extra step before you add stuff to your cart and click through the links on Nerdy Show, you'll be logged into Amazon through our affiliate links. And that means everything you buy, a portion of it goes to Nerdy Show. No extra money for you, some extra money for us. There's a link on all the pages to Nerdy Show and an animated Amazon banner. You can't miss it. Or you can go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. You might even want to bookmark it because that's more convenient. And what's more convenient for you is more convenient for us. It's a win-win. In fact, I have a little bit of mail from Jerry Appel who said, because you guys are awesome, I ordered my lifting weights and a space heater using the Nerdy Show link. You guys are awesome, and I'm proud to throw fan love your way. Keep up the great work. And Jerry, thank you very much, and you keep up the great work too. I want to see you getting those chiseled guns. Just pounding out sets while you have the space heater on and you're just sweating out all those toxins. You're getting ripped, getting ripped and listening to nerdy show.
2: He you channeling Dean a bit there, Cap?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Jerry's channeling Dean when he bought that stuff.
2: Yeah, that's what I love about it is it doesn't necessarily have to be nerdy stuff you buy. It's just whatever random miscellaneous things that you need or, you know, want to buy. It all counts.
1: People have bought slacks and chairs. <laughs> And some really cool movies, but I mean, I'm talking about random stuff, so if you got random stuff you want to buy, or hey, I mean, this holiday season, there's probably a lot of gifts you're going to buy for people. If you buy that through Nerdy Show, you're giving us the biggest gift of all, and if you want us to give a shout out to you, we totally will. Write in at info at nerdyshow.com and let us know what you've been spending your money on, or just let us know that you've done it. We don't need to know about the Bad Dragon dildos that you've purchased (laughs) via Amazon. I mean, that's a totally respectable thing, and you can tell us if you want, but whatever you do, it's great, and uh, don't be embarrassed about us being able to see what has been purchased, because we won't know who purchased it. We only see the items, so we'll see, oh, hey, someone's getting their kicks on Nerdy Show's dime. That's cool, but we won't be able to say, oh, man, Community Manager Trench88 is really into this uh, octopus tentacle dildo. We won't know that. That's not a thing that you we'll know. don't know
2: me. Don't judge me.
1: <laughs> so anyway, that's some stuff you can do, and if you can help out, that would be great. Hope you have enjoyed this Nerdy Show episode. Thank you so much for listening. Taking us out is Beware the Forest, Eighth of Mushrooms, by The World is Square. They're a five-piece VGM folk band from Boston specializing in Square Enix music. This is their take on a piece from Super Mario RPG... And it comes from their most recent album. Stay a while and listen. Bye, I'm Cap. I'm Trench. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. We mean that. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. To find out how you or your company, can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes store, and for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks.